It's me. We need to talk. Yes, I rather think we do. I assume this is about Armageddon. Yes. It exploded. The core exploded. He's in shock. Get him out of here. What about the fire? Call the fire brigade. Something's changed. Oh, it's a new cologne. My barber suggests. Oh, oh, I know what you smell like. How the fuck did you get this job? Please. You're going to tell me that you did everything right again, you incompetent asshole. You've no idea how demeaning that is. I think there's graphite on the ground. You didn't see graphite. I did. You didn't. You do. You didn't! Come up with something or, or I'll never talk to you again. We're doomed. Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this, as you know, is Streaming Things. Streaming Things. Streaming Things. Binge Nerd. Is it Binge Nerd anymore? We don't know. <laughs> a Stranger Things podcast. <laughs> actually, got, I actually changed it this week. <laughs> we got them deals back. So, yeah, excited about our continued uh, coverage of Streaming Things coming soon. Streaming Things, uh, a Stranger Things podcast is back because... Stranger Things. That is difficult, Andy. Right. Now that you struggle, I struggle. I didn't used to struggle. <laughs> <laughs> that starts on July 4th. So as you've probably noticed uh, from the bumpers that Steve put in the middle. No? Beginning. Beginning. That wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> hey, you've been listening to a really old ass episode. <laughs> yeah, we're re-releasing all of our uh, archival episodes of our Stranger Things coverage up into, leading up to, culminating in... The season three debut, which is on July 4th, as I said. Uh, but this episode, we got a little something special for you. The mm. episode we promised to have a week ago. Yay! Because that's how we roll on this show. Yeah. We're sort of reliable. We're like cats with toys. It's like, we're going to do, oh, a shiny thing. <laughs> and we play with it. And we can go sleep and take a nap. And then we, like, <laughs> <laughs> my head went there, and then you said take a nap, and I was like, "Yep, okay, that's us." Uh, so this episode, we'll be talking about Good Omens, which is totally relevant, equally relevant for right now. Chernobyl, the HBO series, um, and we've got some special surprises here for you soon. But I wanted to talk a little bit about where we're going, where we're headed, and uh, who wants to join? Who's coming with me, man? So we're thinking about streaming things. As a title, you know, very vague, very pliant, right? <laughs> and we're gonna, it involves things. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to manipulate that. So maybe the, the future of the show might be uh, less focused on each episode, less uh, divisive, and we'll just be more broad because uh, Steve, Andy, and I all watch a lot of things. We play a lot of video games. So we're thinking about weekly just talking about, you know, three, four, five, six, maybe even, I don't know, different TV shows and films we've watched throughout that week, where you can stream them, and then we'll be kind of a, uh, you know, entertainment recommendation show, if you will. Um, it gives us a lot of different room, and that way every episode will have something for everybody. Uh, so yeah, that's, I think, where we're headed with mm -hmm. the occasional feature uh, where we might dive, delve, you know, delve yeah. deep into something in particular. And previous listeners probably would remember uh, our segment, Things We've Been Streaming. Mm. Uh, essentially, it's just, you know, springboarding off that concept and making it a little bit more central to the, the theme of the show. A springboard. I like Exactly what I was thinking, Stephen. Mm -hmm. um, so Launchpad. Yeah, email us at streamingthingspod at gmail.com and tell us your favorite synonym for a beginning. <laughs> Or Ooh, what beginning, you think. that's good. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> or what you think of our, our future show ideas. Uh, we're happy to have such good listeners. Take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, please, or wherever you're finding this podcast. And uh, welcome to another glorious journey for your ear holes. 
Um, speaking of which, we have a special guest with us here today. Speaking of ear holes, <laughs> solid. She has a couple <laughs> solid segue. Oh my god! Yeah, there she is. Yes. We have a guest this week. Introduce yourself. Oh, okay. Hi, I'm Sam. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. <laughs> Sam is Stu's wife. Hi. Hi, honey. <laughs> Hi. Stu is her husband. This is glorious. And I wait, no. Go ahead. I, I couldn't I couldn't marry someone named Stu. You don't like Stu? No. no. Have you Sam, have you seen What We Do in the Shadows? Yes. The movie? Yes. That's where he got his nickname because he's such a good guy. Remember that you know the human that they hang out with? Yeah. That's Stu. And they're like, he's such a good guy. Oh, is his name Stu? <laughs> yeah. Leave him alone. <laughs> So yeah. they, they, for whatever reason, they started calling me Stu, like, almost immediately. Like, I, I was like, hi, Chris, I'm Steve. And he's like, I'm calling you Stu from now on. I'm like, okay. So, I don't yeah. know. I just got the sense when I met him. He was such a good guy and loyal friend. Annoyingly so. Yeah. yeah. See? But still. Wait, I, what? I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you might also notice a different dynamic and energy flooding through the microphones because for the first time, since we started that goddamn Game of Thrones coverage, mm. we are back in the same room. What? No what? satellite recording bullshit. <laughs> High five. <laughs> we can actually do it. We yes. Are. Three ways. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it. I missed. I forgot what your guys' faces look like. Right? Yeah. We're Even in though Sam's I saw you on a Skype window. Right now, <laughs> sitting in the middle of Sam's dining room. Oh, yeah. Enjoy it. <laughs> I have been. So, anyway. Uh, no, Sam, uh, she's a, a resident expert on these two properties, so we thought we'd have her join us and, uh, you know, wax philosophic. What are, what are some of your, your, your pop culture streaming interests, Sam, yeah. that, uh, that the listeners might be able to pick up, you know, your personality from? Well, I don't have a personality. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Help somebody. Yeah. Mm, I mean, most of the things that you guys record for this podcast, I watch. I just... Haven't listened yet, unfortunately. Maybe that's not a good thing to say. I don't no. Know. No. I, um, you haven't listened, but you've been very adamant. Like, when you record tonight, you make sure you tell those fuckers <laughs> what I thought, because I have them. This is true. Let me, I'll, I'll, I'll back up. I listen to some podcasts. I'm just very picky. And I also just don't like being on them, because I don't like hearing my own voice. But, mm. okay, but back to things that I like. Um, I like most... TV shows like fantasy movie heroes drama shit, but um, oh, are mm, not that's my to favorite fashion? genre. Oh yeah. no, you can. I, I just said fuckers like thirty seconds oh, I, ago. I, I was you can. Listening. Okay, great. So wait, we don't need to watch our language anyway. No. Um, um, and uh, I play a lot of video games, and I don't know. I'm I'm pretty up on most pop culture things. I guess I don't know. That's just not really explaining my personality. All right, we got well. a few. Okay, we'll get a few questions. Really going, struggling Sam, about here. This. Beatles or Stones? Uh, neither. Okay. What? Ooh. Okay. It's how about how about Queen? Does that count? No. 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 Okay. okay. Like, uh, I quit. Years later. <laughs> okay. How about Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Um, Ooh. That's hard. That's really hard. Like, they're both. That was the correct answer. Really good. That was the correct answer. In different ways. You passed. Okay, great. Um, (laughs) Avada Kedavra or Wingardium Leviosa? Uh, Avada Kedavra. It's Leviosa. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, 
Yes. Favorite video game. Are you more of a RPG player or perhaps a shooter? You don't strike me as a shooter, but... She was playing Overwatch oh, when we got here. No, I, I mean, I, I play even of both. Uh, one, like, by myself, RPG all the way. But if I'm playing online with anybody, it's definitely a first-person shooter. Okay. There we go. See? You have a personality. I do. Right. You just have to ask the right question. A really good one. How about this? <laughs> Uh, I don't know what generation you're from, but Christina Aguilera or Britney Spears? Britney Ooh. Spears. Yes. NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? Backstreet Boys. Correct answer. Ooh. <laughs> Steve's learning <laughs> things, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I, this is this is confuses me, because the other day we were cleaning, and I have my earbuds in, and I'm, like, jamming to Toxic by Britney Spears, because Toxic is a jam. And I, and I look up, and Sam's just staring at me, and I take my headphones, and I'm like... What? Because I thought she may have like said something. What's going on, honey? <laughs> and she's like, "Are you listening to Britney Spears, Tool?" And, like, just like, <laughs> <laughs> and just she chose like, Backstreet Boys, but your guys's wedding theme was "She's Gonna Be My." Yeah, right. Yeah, that was just a play on words. No, I was gonna <laughs> love it. <laughs> she's gonna Steve's be last May. name is May. Steve May thirteen. Yes, on Twitter. <laughs> Follow me. <laughs> we'll plug there. Well, let's um, let's start with Good Omens. Okay, it's a, a show on Amazon Prime, um, a an adaptation of a Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett novel. Did anyone hear? Is it on Amazon Prime? Because yes. uh, there's a. I'm sure it's on Netflix, according to some people. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Big article in the news where. Uh, evangelical Christians. Historically really intelligent evangelical Christians, right, I don't understand, that are really on the pulse of everything <laughs> normally, have written a bunch of angry letters to Netflix to please cease and desist production of the show Good Omens. And Netflix agreed. To which Netflix promptly, you know. Done. Yeah. Did you see <laughs> that they agreed to their demands? That it, they, they agreed to cancel it if Amazon would cancel uh, Stranger Things? Yeah. Even though th that, like... They have Sabrina, who fucks the devil, on Netflix, and Damn, Lucifer. I, watch well, I was going to say, does she yeah. fuck the devil? I mean, like the, uh, no. But it's like really campy and dark, surprisingly. It's, it's very like, ooh, are these teens fucking? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like, oh, we did cannibal cannibalism. Hard turn. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Anyway, but and Lucifer, so I'm surprised they're not all I'm, in a panty twist. They're really that. choosy, which what, with what they were going to be really offended of these these Christians. I okay. think I think they do it in a strange way. Their their fingers are on the pulse, so whatever's big at the moment, they use it to get views and Am I allowed attention? to say yeah. a potentially triggering thing or should I Go ahead we are super Is it because the there's like an underlying tone that the main characters are like gay for each other that people are upset Probably I, Yeah there's yeah probably Certainly okay. I said it there we go Yeah <laughs> What do you mean gay for each other What they People totally can be gay for each other Want to bone down No something Sam you need to learn about me is I say more inappropriate things than appropriate things and I'm never offended Andy mm. records them I'm glad because I just <laughs> went for it around I mean, you, you immediately you, yes you were sat down at my table and started whipping out these feminist anti-feminist uh -huh. jokes but this is fine that's listeners <laughs> they were shocked for a second this guy is off the chain in the dining room at a stranger's house no 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 whipping out feminist jokes so just to be clear I mean the first time I I really met you Chris I saw your dick so that I mean that is true does Sam oh, know about that you're the crown royal bad guy <laughs> that is did you yep. see the film I did not okay, so I good. have not seen you <laughs> mostly naked for listeners who aren't aware I uh 
<laughs> made a movie with Andy and Steve, and that's how I met Steve actually. And uh, I think and we might have met in passing before that, but that was maybe, like the first that's time. Where you oh, really so your were. first time meeting him wasn't laying by his dick covered by a crown roll <laughs> bag. It, yeah, I mean, I, I knew Chris very well after that day. So we filmed a graphically <laughs> sexual short film, and I had to use. Uh, we didn't have what are those called? Not a merkin, but uh, <laughs> cock socks. Cock no, socks. not a cock sock. I don't remember what they're called. I ordered one and it didn't show up. Well, you tuck your dick and balls in a little bag if you're going to have sex on screen. Modesty pouch. Modesty pouch. <laughs> <laughs> After I said a Jesus zipper, tuck your dick and balls in a little bag. Then Andy remembered <laughs> it's called a modesty pouch, but we didn't have one because it didn't come in the mail on time. Speaking of Amazon, fuck you. So we had to use. <laughs> a crown royal bag um, and you kept asking people on set if they wanted a shot of crown royal and then you're pointing your drunk <laughs> no I didn't yeah you I'm did very professional <laughs> it was in that moment I was like I like this guy well I'm glad I could put a name to the face because anytime I heard the story I just pictured a mysterious like blurred out man with a, a very infocal point of a floating crown royal bag connected to someone's penis yes that is me yay um, <laughs> not a lot of people saw that movie but what's it called it's called Kenzie it's available on Vimeo if you really want to check it out the camera was, works really good it was linked in the show notes for a while uh, <laughs> It's no longer, it hasn't been linked since we've come back, but it was linked oh, to the God. show notes for a solid like six months at one point. What a no. terrible idea. <laughs> Seemed like a good movie at the time, man. Enjoy our podcast. Here's my dick. <laughs> if you're interested, I kiss a guy. Oh, shit. Oh, anyway, it's a good film, though, about sexuality and exploration, if you're interested. Uh, but anyway, back to uh, not as good of a show, Good Omens. Right? <laughs> what? Less production value. So Amazon describes Good Omens thusly. A tale of the bungling of Armageddon features an angel, a demon, an 11-year-old antichrist, and a doomsaying witch. Uh, now, what I was getting at, did anyone here read the novel written by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett? No, um, but I have it ready to listen to on my trip down to Alabama. Because I heard it's a really good audiobook as well. Maybe I may I might be mixing that up with some something else. Yeah, that's interesting. How I'm pretty sure it's a good audiobook. The person, you know, the voice actor that they get is so instrumental in being able to mm -hmm. enjoy an audiobook. Like Andy is a aficionado of audiobooks, oh. mm -hmm. and like he will always recommend, you know, such and such actually narrated Game of Thrones, and it's phenomenal, you know. Mm -hmm. But you know, oh, that's dog shit because he you know stutters, but, <laughs> <laughs> or well, he doesn't say that, but you know what I mean. That would be a terrible profession to have if, you, <laughs> if you're afflicted with that situation. What? what, what Why is this I'm curious? Not I'm not curious. I was like, like, like oh, is Andy going to take this one? He's going for it. Don't do it. Hard line. This Curious George book is seven hours long. Oh, my God. You can edit point, I guess? Nope. 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 We're sorry. Anywho. <laughs> Um, yeah, so good. No, I never I read any. Read I own the novel. No. I, I've owned it for ten years. I mm -hmm. read, I think, four or five pages, and I'm an avid reader. I don't know why I didn't finish it. No, I'm, I'm a big reader too. But watching this show, um, 
Mm. I bet it's a good book. That's what I was thinking. Yes. It seems like a lot of people online were like loving the TV show and were just raving about the bor- book, Bork, book <laughs> even bork. more. I the read bork. Borks a lot. Speaking, uh, speaking, you, stuttering over your own What do you words. read a lot? Borks, 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 Borks. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess, borks. you know, it was directed by Douglas McKinnon and obviously written by uh, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Um, so yeah, let's go around the room. Overall thoughts. Uh, I know Andy's probably a huge fan. We'll just start with him. He's Is this, are we starting off non-spoilery? Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Let's warn the listeners. You know how we are. We try to be responsible, but we're just loose cannons here mm. on streaming things. So let's just go ahead and say spoilers for Good Omens for the next 20 minutes or so. 20 to 60 minutes. 20, in, to, 20 minutes to two hours. I'll, in the show notes, I'll say when we move on from this segment. Just Thank you, Steve. There you go. Such a good guy. See? Right. Yeah. Andy, what'd you think of Good Omens? Dude, I loved it. It was such a good show. It was hysterical. I mean, it's David Tennant. Like, yes. and, and if, if you are a nerd <laughs> at all, then, you know, David Tennant's the man. So when I saw that he was in it, I was like, fuck yeah, of course I'm going to watch this. Yes. Me and Chris used to have this running joke about Neil Gaiman when we first started our English degrees in college. We didn't know who he was or what he had written. And we started seeing his name everywhere. This was 13 and years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, I mean, he was still pretty famous then, too. We no, were just, sure, did sure, sure. Neil Gaiman do Sandman? Yes. He did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's done a bunch of stuff. But uh, And he's got all kinds of TV shows right now, like Lucifer that you're talking about. That's one of mm-hmm. his. And oh, I didn't know He's got that. American Gods going on. Oh, and, shit. I didn't yeah. know he did Lucifer. That's crazy. Yeah, I also um, did not know that uh but yeah um good omens was like you know really funny it was very 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 british it reminded mm-hmm. me a lot of uh hitchhiker's guide the books not the atrocious movie right oh the movie has decent parts but still alan rickman um yeah right um all right it was fucking hysterical mm-hmm. it was really well done the graphics were the visual effects were terrible but in the best way uh, which is a lot of fun uh i, I always appreciate that um, I thought that it was deftly written. As I understand it, they did a lot of cutting, but when a, when somebody adapts their own work, especially somebody as talented as Neil Gaiman, I think he knows how to make it work, uh, especially for an audience that is not familiar with um, his style of writing, which he's kind of um, almost Shakespearean in a way sometimes in the way that he describes things. And so he, he, he was very deft in his uh, adaptation of this uh, work. That I, I have no complaints. The soundtrack was fantastic. I love Queen as much as these two. Fuck yeah. yeah. Um, I was texting Queen's Steve. so hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I was texting Steve after I watched the first episode. I was like, dude, you got to watch the show. It's fucking awesome. I text him again like the next morning. Like, dude, did you start it yet? I text him like four times. Like, watch this fucking show, dude. You're going to love it. <laughs> um, but yeah. It, it, he came over to my house and like threatened me. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know where I live? Um, but yeah. Fucking loved it. What do you think, Steve? Oh, uh, so full disclaimer, um, I'm going to come across as the asshole in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) No, I made him watch it. I I made you watch it. But anyway, this is around the time that we, uh, that I was traveling a lot for work. So I think it was, Sam, you might remember, was it episode two or episode three that I fell asleep in? Because I was really, it wasn't because I was bored at all. Episode three. It wasn't because I was bored at all. I just legitimately was like traveling a lot for work at the time. So I like fell asleep. Sam just continued on, and I think I woke up halfway through episode four and never got a chance to go back and watch the segment that I missed. And that led to, um, I think my least favorite part of the show is directly tied to that, because I feel like that is a portion of the show that really tackled the um, uh, the, the, the witch side mm-hmm. with uh, Jack Whitehall's character. 
because uh, they were like for the rest of the series. I'm like, I don't care about these two, but everything else beyond that. Again, David Tennant, he is my celebrity hall pass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sam and I have the same celebrity hall pass. It's weird. Um, <laughs> Uh, Michael Sheen is just so adorable in this show. I love Aziraphale. It's like I love, that role was written for him. Yeah, that, the chemistry between the two is just off the charts and it's phenomenal. There's a ton of Doctor Who references, specifically David Tennant uh, uh, Easter eggs. Yes, I almost said you, Easter you, eggs. You got Gallifrey <laughs> as one of the planets he wanted to travel to, mm-hmm. and the license plate had TARDIS backwards. There's somebody yelled "explain" like yes, like a, a, like a um, dialect. Dialect. Use yeah. your words. And, but then they, they like addressed uh, David Tennant's Macbeth heritage with that whole scene in the Shakespeare yes. opera, mm-hmm. opera, the Shakespeare <laughs> theater, um, the globe. John Hamm was perfectly cast as Gabriel. Um, mm-hmm. Just the whole kind of world building that they set up where there's like the different factions of the angels and the demons is very creative. I got a very big sense of... Um, did you guys ever see Big Fish, Tim Burton's Big Fish? Fuck yeah, I love that movie. How that movie is just basically whimsy, just distilled mm-hmm. into a movie. Well, this TV show is whimsy distilled into a TV show. Uh, it's it's really great, if, and, and it's probably one of the most creative television endeavors that have that has happened recently. Um, so if you haven't seen it, I highly suggest that you go out and give it a try because it's definitely worth your time to experience this colorful world, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah. you couldn't recommend any higher than that, right? <laughs> Uh, I I love this show. I, I really enjoyed it. I should say, and I feel like um, that I missed the mark a little bit. On, you know, like I would give it, you know, seven or eight out of ten. I absolutely recommend that. I, I I'm actually hesitant because I think, <clears throat> you know, when Andy says this show is very British, and, and I know what he means, but it, it's something that I think is an acquired taste, and I, I usually think it's a higher intellect thing. I'll just go ahead and say it. Do you know what I mean? But. You know, if somebody's like... Explain. Right. <laughs> if somebody watches Monty Python and the Holy Grail and they're just like, I just don't get it. I'm like, I know, honey. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> not my girlfriend. I'm just saying like, whatever guy's head I'm patting at that time. And then you um, silly walk away. <laughs> and I say, I bite my thumb at you, sir. Um, Me. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I think it's an acquired taste. And like I was watching it with, with Carissa, my girlfriend, and uh, I actually <laughs> did like cinematically cheated on her because we watched the first episode and then part of the second and she got tired, you know, and she's like, Oh, you want to finish the rest of the show tomorrow? And I'm like, absolutely, honey. Good night. Guess I'll play video games or something. Play, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so the next day she goes to start it on episode three or, you know, the rest of episode two. And it's at the beginning of three. It's just like this slow dawning of, Wait a minute. And I'm like, I had to. It's no big deal. We can just watch the other half of two real quick again. No big deal. And we caught back up. I want to make sure there weren't any swear words. <laughs> right. I want to make sure it was appropriate for us to watch together. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I feel like I, somebody should withdraw my nerd card anytime they bring up David Tennant because I never watched Doctor Who. Hmm. And so I think I missed a lot of the references perhaps. And so whenever someone, whenever I see David Tennant, you know, I'm like purple man. And everybody's <laughs> like, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be like Broadchurch. <laughs> Broadchurch is really good. I'm actually watching Dorian. that. Um, it's I'm on really season good. Right now. It yes. is really good. So back up. I, I know. Fall back. Uh, but obviously, you know, huge Neil Gaiman fan. Man, I, uh, I love everything about this show. It was really good. I'm not even a, as big of a Queen fan <gasps> as Steve and them. So that wasn't, you know, it's who like are I said, you? Just friends. A solid. And I don't, my dislike. mother was right about you. <laughs> you changed. Dislike Queen. It's just, 
I never think of popping in the Queen album. You know what I mean? I'm always going to go Zep or something like that if I'm in that era. So, okay. I don't know. Uh, you know, I love Francis McDormand as God and slash the narrator. That was amazing. Um, everything about it was good and solid. You know, it's just, it's, it was good. Hmm. That's my overall thought. <laughs> Is good. I hope I explain myself kind of well. Good. Yeah, I totally. think I'm just a notch below you guys, Sam. Uh, well, I I just I really enjoyed it. Um, I love David Tennant. Um, I think it, you're right where it had like really bad effects, but on purpose mm-hmm. to make it campy. Um, and I think with TV shows that do that, you could either really lose people. Or it's really good, and I think it falls on the line that it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the campiness of it all, the cheesiness of it all. But I think the the weakest part in the show is like the witch's story background. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I had no care for those characters, and I would kind of like drift off actually during those scenes. So, but in general, um, like Aziraphale and Crowley, and um, I like their dynamic. I thought that was really really good. I think they played really well off each other, and um, just the way they acted with each other on the TV show made me interested in listening or reading the book. But instead, when I was like looking at reviews of what people were thinking about or saying about the book. Um, a lot of people were saying that the audiobooks are really good. And because of what I have to do for work, I'm in my car all the time. So I'm, I'm getting into audiobooks. So I'm really interested in just listening to that. So I think the, uh, the idea of purposefully, you know, subpar special effects goes into what you said, Andy, about it's very British. That seems to be a very British thing. I mean, Doctor Who, for example. I mean, not anymore. Doctor Who has fairly good special effects nowadays. Right, since Stephen Moffat took over. Yeah, but part of the charm initially was like, look how... No, I'm sorry. It didn't get better. The effects got better, is what I meant. Right. Yes. Um, But but yeah, it's part of the charm is like when you see something that's so earnest and fun and you have these bad special effects. What specifically was... I don't remember thinking... I mean, maybe, maybe my expectations were lower, but I don't remember thinking, you know, that looks terrible or like the spaceship, the UFO. Yeah. Like yeah. the campiness of it all. And oh, like it looks yeah. That was hundred percent intentional. Yeah. 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 Intentional. That's what I'm saying. Sure, like, I sure. think if, um, I think, I don't, I don't know how to say it. Like it, they do it really well. Like, yes, watching it, you're like, that looks terrible, but it's, it adds to the humor of the, mm-hmm. the entirety of the show. Yeah. Like, so it's not dumb. Um, and then we, obviously my favorite character is the wiener dog of the neighborhood watch guy that's walking around. I think he did his uh, job really well. Um, I, I love when shows have minor characters like that that seem to keep popping up popping constantly because that just makes you more uh, attached to the world. And that's what's that's the, you just reminded me of what I really think the essence of British is is meta. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? A show mm-hmm. that or a property that just looks at itself and wraps in around and the jokes are so labyrinthine and you know what I mean? And that's what Monty Python was and, and Neil Gaiman. It, this, this show is that a lot, you know, it references obviously Dr. Who. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. And it just, it's constantly looking at itself and that's what I love. Andy and I love meta stuff, right? When our mm-hmm. little film company, we started meta junkie. I mean, that's just, we just love that shit. So, um, I do I, enjoy that, but I think the witches, like you guys have brought up, like I found myself lost and not caring throughout the, mm-hmm. a large portion of the second act. And you know what's sad is like uh, Jack Whitehill uh, is, is a really funny guy. Like I, yeah. I, I like his uh, like touring show on Netflix with his, his oh, dad. Oh, that show's it's so funny. So fucking stupid. But what's so that funny. show called? Uh, I think it's. Oh God, is it just is like it? Jack White, Whitehall's? So Jack Whitehall is the guy who plays um, Newton Pulsifer. 
who um, is right. the witch hunter. It's weird. Like in the show, he's very like reserved and like, oh, I don't really know what I'm going to do. But Jack Whitehall's a pretty flamboyant person, mm-hmm. really. And this, uh, like, so I know him from that show that Sam talked about where he's like, he takes his like 90 something year old dad to Thailand and just fucks with him the whole time. And it's just this, like super upper crust British dad. He's like, why the fuck would we do this, Jack? We're not going to talk to those people. They're below us. They're beneath our station. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like really funny because he's trying to, you know, um, find common ground with his dad. They clearly doesn't have a lot in common with, but they, you can tell that they love each other and it's an endearing show. And, so it was odd seeing Jack Whitehall in this show where he's very like, I'm really quiet. I yeah, don't he's do all much. timid. And- they, that's, it, it was very against type, and I don't know if it worked, especially since the person he was working opposite from, um, what's your name? I wrote it down. Adri- I, I love that his whole divine purpose on Earth was that he breaks every yeah, computer he that he touches. Computer, yeah. and that's how he <laughs> saves the world. And that, that's what was very Douglas Adams about it to me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like 42, you know, right. that's, that's what <laughs> it reminded me of. Um, and then also, I don't know, I don't want to jump to the end because I have a lot to say about that in particular, but meh on the whole second act, I guess, for me. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the sidebar, the Jack Whitehill Travels with My Father is on Netflix. It's the show. Okay. But Plug. Yes. Um, however, like... Um, the witch hunter interaction, like back in the past, I thought that was humorous where the witch is like, get on with it already. Like you're wasting my time. Da, yeah, da, da, da. Like, that. like there were, those were like funny bits, but in general, I should have I been thought, flame 10 minutes hence. Yes. <laughs> right. I, I just, I thought that was like more of the weaker part of the show. Um, and yeah, towards the end, it's like, are, is this the last episode? Oh no, there's, there's still one more. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. We're good. Um, but I, I, in general, I, I liked it. I thought it did. I think the show's internal logic, which totally defeats the purpose. I know that it's, it's a mockery, which is why the, the little baby Christians are so upset, but certain <laughs> things <laughs> just didn't track for me. Like the fact that this human witch could see thousands of, or you know, hundreds of years in the future and that an angel is in shock and awe of that power and you know their veracity and stuff. You know what I mean? And yeah. then, but he's a witless angel. I kept you know? expecting God to show herself at some so point I, yeah. and have something powerful to say. Never happens. You know the season two, baby. John, yeah. John <laughs> there will not be a season two actually. John Hamm and the other angels in heaven are totally ignorant of all the goings on uh, of Aziraphale. And, and Crowley. Well, they're getting uh, fake reports, but, man. But, Doesn't make any sense. Right. Can't they like, see like, like, What's the and, fuck? And you other know? Uh, other media, like uh, angels and God and like beings of that nature, tend to be omnipotent. Right. And like that's not there. Which is right. that's the whole point is that it's right. ineffectual, I guess. You they, know. Well, they treated them like basically corporate brass, and I love that yeah. about the angels sure. that they 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 are so far above you that they just they're like, are you doing okay? Cool, good enough. You know what Which I mean? I enjoy because it, it, it kind of mimics the similar personality that angels have in the TV show Supernatural. So I appreciated that. There you go. <laughs> another plug for another. What show. did you think, <laughs> Sam? Of um, the, I don't even know her name. The witch, um, mm. the the young Abigail. Anthema device? Oh, anathema. 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 Yeah, that's anathema. Right. How could I fucking forget that? It <laughs> <laughs> was an anathema device. <laughs> which, which is the British and hilarious as fuck. But, I mean, I, I felt like, and I don't know, this book was written, when was Good Omens published? Like the mid-90s? Yeah. Early 2000s? Um, back when Terry Pratchett was alive, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, But I feel like there's some, like, 
very 2019 f- feminist overtones and subtext to this that, you know what I mean? Like I did enjoy and I felt like her performance was decent, even though I wasn't able to care a whole lot. I don't know. What did you think? You, you know, I, uh, it's funny because usually I have an opinion on like a lot of female characters and their roles in the TV shows. But um, I was just re- I just felt so disconnected from that part of the story mm-hmm. that I really don't. I didn't get into it to like really watch, but I, her character alone, like, yes, it's great that she's, you know, this all powerful being and she's doing, completing the work of her like long, long dead ancestor. Like, what is their grandmother? Um, but <laughs> and then in the end, I, I don't know. I just, I, I felt really disconnected from that part of the story. So I really don't have an opinion. Okay. I just wouldn't, that's why I was kind of wondering like if, if if you even had one, if it stood out to anyone else and I know her, I mean, you you mentioned her performance. I thought her performance was the weakest of the entire series by far. Like Mm -hmm. she was the only one that I remember thinking like, wow, you're theater acting like in a bad way. Hmm. Um, I really thought the weakest actor which it's it's not really his fault. A lot of children actors oh, are pretty poor. The Antichrist. Yeah. Adam. Yeah. I, I, in yeah. fact, I thought his friends acted better. Adam was just like this emotionless void of a thing. Yeah. His one friend, who the the girl that was his friend, she was she, really was, good. she was the feminist icon. I yes. thought in the whole show, which like you're yes. not going to tell me what to do, man. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. I actually really enjoyed that character because I think it, uh, I think it was also kind of a joke of her being like super feminist and super like liberal and a lot of like views to an extreme for a child of what 10 right (laughs) um but i thought that that piece was humorous and i liked her as a character New referendum. I think that's what <laughs> that's what bothered me the most. I think was i it really lost me in the whole child antichrist uh character arc and then the ultimate culmination of that was where he finally goes ape shit and just none of it made sense to me. You know what I mean? You have the giant hellhound that became the tiny dog. And so I thought it was constantly supposed to be that. this subversion of Antichrist. I thought it was to show that he wasn't like a bad kid. Like here he took this awful monster and bonded with him and it made him into this cute little dog. Right. And, then, and then he went crazy anyway, right. and which like, twisted me. And honestly, kind of the, the craziness felt kind of out of the blue, like <laughs> another character from a different show um, that right. I, I felt like I fell asleep and, and woke up and like, what, what happened? But then where it completely lost me is where, you know, you know, the four horsemen are so easily defeated. And then Satan, his, that's where I was just like, I'm, I'm out. I think it was like giant Satan. That, Jokes you know. on you. It ended after that. <laughs> right. right. And then I don't know. How'd you guys feel? And I'm jumping around a lot because it is, to keep in mind, listeners, it's been a couple of weeks now. So we fucked up. But I don't know how I felt about the twist where I love that scene where they're trying to execute Aziraphale and Crowley at the same time. Oh, mm-hmm. I like that. And then, so the Crowley's in the bathtub of holy water and it doesn't affect him. And then vice versa with the Aziraphale and the fire in heaven. And A, I love how it's showing that the angels are evil-ish and shit, right? Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I love gray. Everybody knows that about me. But what I wanted to happen was that... Who's gray? <laughs> that Crowley, Crowley wasn't Christian Grey. Ooh, are we gonna talk about Fifty Shades? Do tell <laughs> that Crowley wasn't 
you know, quite evil enough to be killed by the Holy and that he had grown or changed somehow throughout this process. Yes. And I'm, not that he was the angel in disguise, which is clever, but has much less meaning to me. So I, I'm on the same wavelength as you. I, I thought when they were initially doing that scene that he knew that he changed enough where he wouldn't be burned by the holy water. Mm-hmm. And um, when they revealed that it was a switcheroo, I was like, okay, that's clever. But I think I would have liked the meaning more because then the same thing on the different side of the coin, Aziraphale has been around Crowley so much. And yeah, he's got some darkness. And he's become more of a great character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that he wasn't going to burn in holy fire or whatever that was about. So... Yeah, I think they that that kind of sucks. A loss on their like changes in personality because Crowley isn't that evil of a guy. He just does like bare minimum to enjoy yeah. It the was like a, life. instead of some deep thematic meaning, it was like a, a poly potion mm. thing. You know what I mean? So, poly juice, bro. Come on. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know Especially what I mean? since you're wearing your Harry Potter shirt. I know. Right? <laughs> what, did you, what did you guys think about that? Any, any thoughts? So I'm on of two minds of it. I, I do agree that it could be more of a uh, character arc to show an angel going, uh, surviving, uh, going to hell and vice versa. Uh, but also it's kind of a reaffirmation of the bromance. You know what I mean? That like, that they've gone through so much together and they were still like frenemies throughout the entire course of it. You know what I mean? It's like they went and had crepes, you know what I mean? It's not like they were bros that hung out all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after going through this, like those are the lengths that they're willing to go to for each other at this point. The angel will go to hell and the demon will go to heaven and they'll withstand each other's trials. You know what I mean? And right. I think that's a hell of a lot more than they had done for one another up to that point. Um, so I thought that that was a cool culmination of it. Uh, we talked a little bit before the show started about like the uh, homosexual uh, undertones of the relationship together. Mm-hmm. And, what? Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> they, are, they are both pretty flamboyant people. And, and it's, a, it's a lot of fun to see the dynamic between the two of them. And so I do think that the um, culmination of that like willing to go to those lengths for each other kind of was a great payoff for it. As and see, far as, I think that's fascinating because... I never picked up on that. You didn't? Not really, because, and so I'm going to blame it on, I'm such an effeminate person that it just looked like two, bros, two yeah. intellectual bros. You know what I mean? Oh, like, see, no, that was like my favorite episode. And I have weird views season. anyway. Like, you know what I mean? If they would have, they could have fucked and I've been like, I mean, it doesn't mean they're gay. There's a bro job. Yeah. Was, right. I what, mean, that's, the, that's what friends do. That's what friends do, yes. <laughs> that's kid stuff. That's, it's just kid stuff. Yeah, God, yeah, that was what a, a terrible, oh my God, that was a, that was a, So that was a documentary we, where this guy got tricked into giving yeah. his friend a hand job. Oh, yeah, kids do. of that? I will be very vocal about that. What are you talking about? Oh my gosh. You didn't see the documentary on Netflix about the, the kids? Never mind. It doesn't matter. It, like, was, it was like a kid got kidnapped and the parents kept letting the, the child live with the guy f- for most of her life. Watch oh, it. the um, abducted in plain sight? Yeah. yeah. No, I haven't yeah. watched it yet. Yeah, there's a nope, part where the dad... It. The dad ends up jerking off the guy because he needs release. And he was like, I was just trying to be a just, good bro. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> That's no, what friends it, do. It's just what friends do. It's just kid stuff. <laughs> I shit you not. Watch it. It's the, and the face he makes when he says that is it, priceless. Yeah, the meme. You it's a fucking meme where he's like, <laughs> he's just like, uh, no, he's got his know. hands up there, like, I don't know what you want me to do. I gave my Watching handy. that show gave me an aneurysm. Yeah. 
Anyway, but no, that was like my favorite episode out of the entire series was the episode showing the history of Me their too. romance. Three, that's yeah. what I was going to say. And all and at the end. Are we unanimous on that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite episode by far. And there they, and they must have just be the, peak. the uh, title sequence like halfway through the episode, and I love it when shows do that yeah. for some reason, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, they're just the whole, and they actually show them having grapes, and I thought that was sweet. When they when they did the title sequence halfway through that, I literally looked at my phone like, what the fuck? How long have we been watching this? Is like, <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Okay, it is halfway through. For a second, I was like, what? That was a quick. A lot happened in ten minutes. <laughs> that was a long ass code. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm kind of with Andy with like of the in regards to the twist ending. Like I I can see where you guys are coming from. Um, it didn't bother me at all. I I, I assumed it would it affirmed their friendship, but also I always took. The uh, the fact that they would burn or what, melt in the holy water, I, I guess know. sizzle, sizzle, boil. boil, whatever they were supposed to do, die. <laughs> um, I always assumed that was less of a um, metaphysical, like are you good or are you evil, and more because like that's physically what they are. Mm-hmm. So like like uh, if you're a demon, you are physically gonna melt in holy water. Like it doesn't matter if you're a good person. It's just like what like. Like for me, I will physically burn if I go out into the sun for longer than ten minutes. Right. Oh, uh, if I'm a great human being, that's not going to change. <laughs> Clearly, because you're but, a great human being. I mean, I uh, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I God delivered. I signed. I I love the twist just because I always love when um, characters who are lovable but bumbling manage to kind of learn from their mistakes and trick their quote unquote betters. So that scene where they like meet each other back on the bench and they turn back it's, and they're like, Hey, we did it. And I'm like, yeah, you guys did. Yeah. It, like I said, it was really clever and you know, I definitely enjoyed it. It was just, I would have preferred the more I think, philosophical. And, but I, I like your all's reasoning. Yeah. Sure. And I, I also thought it was funny. Another thing that's very British to me. So there's meta. And then for me, and I'm sorry to all the British listeners, like, fuck you. You know, <laughs> wait, that's Irish. God damn it. <laughs> they're prudes about sex often mm-hmm. and so whenever I see a sex scene in something in, inherently British it's always hilarious to me and like it kind of makes me feel awkward you know what I mean? are they prudes are they though prudes? because like I when I, I think s- Americans are far more prudish than British people. Yeah, so when <laughs> no, I I think you're thinking of the French who like to fucking get down right? I don't know when I studied abroad everyone over there, hates the French their main newspaper, like think of like the New York Times or whatever. In the middle of the newspaper is a bunch of porn ads, like full on centerfold naked people. Like nipples? Yeah, everything. And it's like, oh. Time to pop the question. Okay. How many nipples um, you I did love and that. Like, and, and you could be walking in downtown London and then you like cross over and you're like, I think the district was Soho. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere there was like fucking like rabbit uh, advertisements on the walls and stuff. And that was weird because there was people like pushing strollers and, you know, sex stuff. Maybe not as a culture, but in their, in their media, not, not that media literally, but in their like cinema to me, like, like, I think I think I know what American you're saying. TV like is crazy, right? As far as yeah, sex, yeah. which is great. I, I, yeah. Like an HBO way. Yeah. Very, very sure. Even stuff, like, but AMC nowadays or, you know, FX and sci-fi, you know, like, um, what's the magicians super hot. But to continue, like the counterpoint of it though is like, so our, like our look at our news media, it's very, uh, conservative. Mm -hmm. And when I was over there, unfortunately it was during the Oslo attacks. And so I was in Scotland at the time and, um, their news, 
the news crews, if I understand it right, arrived before the police. So they were filming the man shooting down these kids and it was on the news and we were watching it. Like these kids get shot. And mm. now, and you know, in our media, like that wouldn't pull out 9-11's example. That wouldn't be on our TVs. Mm. Well, I mean, um, even with the 9-11 example, it's very much skewed where it's not showing you the worst of the worst. Right. No, this, this, this news, uh, Sky News, I believe it was, uh, mm. saw it all. And it was very shocking for the American yeah, students sitting there. Name, <laughs> a, name a British show. Name a British show. Broadchurch. Didn't, yes. didn't watch it. I assume there's Doctor not that Who. much sex, right? Doctor uh, Who. Very, very very about a sex crime, but still doesn't show any, right? Very uh, PG. No. What else? I'm trying to think of a British show that's like. Well, isn't uh, what was the show that? Sherlock. Um, shit. What's her name? Sherlock, uh, David Tennant's love PG. interest from Doctor Who. Rose. Mo- Rose. A Diary of a Call Girl. No, yeah. I think that's a. Uh, I think that's like. Um, an American show. Oh, is that an American show? Oh, okay. I just assumed since she Down was Down Abbey. <laughs> See? I'm just making up. I mean, they're all, they're all, even as far as violence is concerned, like pretty tame as far that I can think. And they're all clever and funny, but kind of good family fun. But I and also so, think it's like, very when the witch artful. was fucking the witch hunter, I was like, it's in such a, it was kind of risque for what I'm used to with a David Tennant type thing. Right. But also not at all. Like, they're just comically but like I think a hand railing. Yeah, yeah, hand coming right. out and you can see the top shoulder. Yeah. And like American version, she would have definitely been riding with some side boob. That's all I'm mean. <laughs> No, you're right. I, but I, at I the enjoy, very least. I enjoy British television more because, you know, with even scenes like that, it's more tasteful. Like, a lot of times in the American stuff. Never mind, don't more... watch Kenzie. <laughs> no. It's it was all Steve's idea. <laughs> Super creepy. All in your face. Because even Game of Thrones sometimes went to an extreme where it's like, why is this necessary? Yeah, but as long as there's like dicks too, I'm not offended. Oh yeah, no, that's fine. Do you know what I mean? But there was definitely a bigger boob tit. Ratio. Boob to tit ratio. Tit ratio versus like dicks i'm sure I, you think you saw like one penis a season in game of thrones for sure but and all you needed was hodor's cock that's all i'm saying <laughs> oh, you jumped the giant. that's the whole show done hodor but, cock okay, check i see what you're saying though but i think they they do it in a very tasteful way so you're still like focusing on the show and not being like oh but what I'm i thought was funny is now. he's in his late 20s he's having his first sexual experience with a very beautiful woman and they're having rough sex during uh the armageddon Tornado, tornado storm, right? Mm-hmm. Which is badass. And he's he's lasting. I mean, let's, <laughs> let's just be honest. Multiple positions, multiple places around the room, carrying it, holding his own. He's going the distance. <laughs> going for speed. And I just was like, I don't know if anyone, anyone else is a fucking idiot like me, but I'm just thinking like, nope. Not really. <laughs> for she's definitely a witch because she's casting a spell for, on that dean. For a second, I thought you were like, I don't know if anyone's an idiot like me, but I pulled up my notepad and took some notes. <laughs> no. So that's one, that's one of the other thing that stands out to me from the show, guys. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like in the after, like where they're back in the bed, like in their after scene. They're like they, under the bed, aren't they? Are they under weird. the bed? I thought they were, oh, yeah, because they were under know. the bed. But was she not oh, yeah. impressed with him? Because didn't he ask if she he was good and she was like, meh? Or did I like no, kind of like she, zone she out was like that? she was like, you're like you're, you're real good. Like she she was happy with it, but I don't oh. think she like, again, I don't think she emoted it incredibly well. Yeah, okay. she was like, yeah, um, you've got a lot to learn kind of vibe, but that was decent. It's like every of. single move was written by my ancestor. Like, I called like, okay, now he's going to do the fisherman and then he's going to go back and do the... What's the fisherman? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
trying to picture it. I don't know why. <laughs> you cast a line and reel it in. Reeling it in, yeah. While while wearing that like Captain Mor- <laughs> that Captain Gordon that. yellow hat. Dropping the lure. Oh, and then you do the Alaskan <laughs> pipeline. That's a real one. Okay. Let's not. <laughs> Honey, do you want to know what the Alaskan pipeline is? Oh, is, is that the one with the frozen? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Any other thoughts on good omens? <laughs> now that we've covered all of the main good points. I give it five out of five fishermen's. Okay. I think that wrap, uh, wraps up our good omens coverage, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so moving on to have, Chernobyl. Speaking of have a good doomsday. Right. So, yeah, our this Good Omens was kind of the happiest thing that I've seen in a good while. Because I also watched uh, When They See Us recently. Um, no, sh- I don't want to hear it because I haven't watched it. You haven't seen that? that? No. Well, mm-hmm. it's, not a, it's not a pick-me-up show. No, uh, no it definitely wouldn't be. So, Chernobyl, described as, in April 1986, an explosion at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant in the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics becomes one of the world's worst Man-made catastrophes. I know. <laughs> it's so, so exciting. <laughs> okay, so a little Wait, background. Chernobyl's exciting. Sam, Sam fucking love, loves disaster I shit. I love disasters. I, I mean, it's not in a bad way. No, it's, it's in a bad it, way. It's not in a bad way. I am <laughs> no, like, it's, remember the hurricanes last year? Yeah. That like ravaged Puerto Category Rico. Category fives are my favorite. And Texas and Florida, there was a month-long stretch where she would come and be like, honey, get down here. It's Category 5. It's destroyed Puerto Rico. We're watching it. And she would just be like cross-legged in front of the TV watching CNN and houses are blowing down. She's like, oh, that was a good one. It took out a whole neighborhood. Oh, my God. I'm sorry for our Puerto Rican listeners. We're and I, and I'm just like on the other side of the room like eating my ramen noodles like... Mmm. We're not that privileged and stupid. We're just... I get it, though. No, I'm not happy for the poor individuals who've lost their homes and things like that. I am... I'm just like absolutely... Like a storm chaser. Yes, I'm absolutely... But a lazy one. Like, <laughs> natural phenomenon. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated by, like, natural disasters and, like, like even man-made disasters and weird phenomenon that, like, I don't know, like, uh, Mount Everest and everyone who dies on Mount Everest, completely fascinated by that. Hmm. I'm a very dark person. No, so. I know what you mean. It's, I mean, there's a lot of... Um, I'm sure that there's some people who've been affected by the storms that were offended listening to that, but at the same... Is it any different than... <laughs> Pompeii. Pervasive murder porn. If it right? makes, no, the serial killer fascinations and, you know, like yeah. my favorite oh, he, murder. He, and stuff. he fucked his skull. <laughs> Honey, come here. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, people are just like that. You know? Ooh, a new yeah, episode well, of My Favorite Murder. And the right. thing is, is I, I do enjoy serial killer. I mean, that's why I do the work that I do. I, I love really what dark. What do you do? I probably shouldn't talk about that on here. Why? Let's do it. Yeah. What's wrong? Uh, I don't think she legally can. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, okay. We'll keep that Never mind. But, Damn, uh, this is intriguing. Right? Yes. I murder people. I can, <laughs> I can talk about it when we turn the mics off. Sure, um, sure. Great. Okay. So, um, turn them off. Turn them off. Good <laughs> shit, guys. Um, keep recording. Oh, there's a place, uh, there's a show on Netflix called Dark Tourist um, that where this guy goes to these pretty, like, awful places or places normal people wouldn't want to go um and one of them is uh, where a nuclear disaster happened i believe it was the fukushima, fukushima yeah. uh daichi plant but i would love to go to chernobyl i know you you really shouldn't because of watching the show you know until it shows you how bad it actually, is actually fascinating i'm sure you saw the articles but tourism and pripyat 
like which the you, city in Ukraine, Ukraine has in general has, has seen like an eight, what an eighty percent boost in tourism, which is bizarre. That is that was not my reaction is, yes. to the show, but I mean, I guess it exists. It right, exists, Sam? and 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 why I understand that it's fascinating. It is dangerous to go there. No, I mean, I would like to, to see it, you know. But did anyone ever, you know? First of all, I kind of want to talk a little. bit. I know we we're running out of time because we did a lot on Good Omens, but I mean, this show is kind of the main event of this episode, and yeah, like oh, it could be an yes. extra long episode. That's How fine. much? I guess going in, I guess Sam had a lot, right? As far as your background and what you knew, because I was born in 88, you know, and I knew a little bit thanks to the horror film Chernobyl Diaries. Chernobyl Diaries. <laughs> which is, I think, rated about a 5 out of 10. That in was a very bad horror movie. Not a good it was not, but I saw it a few times for whatever <laughs> reason. I yeah. hope the guy who made that is listening is like, oh, yes! <laughs> and I remember that's thinking... Three. <laughs> yeah. That this was is, good enough for one watch. And that's how poor my understanding of this event was, is like, I thought... Mutated people were running rampant? That like many thousands had died, and then when the show started on HBO... No. And just follow me... You know, thirty-one recorded deaths, and I. No, well, that's what the state on. said. Right, that, that's oh. what I mean. Like, that's the initial numbers. But I remember, and that's the fuck. Speaking of fucked up humans, Sam, I was like, oh. <laughs> you monster! I mean, I'm, pr- I'm proud. Where my freak flag? But then, me? like, right then, back to reality. I start digging more research. Untold tens to hundreds of thousands yes. have been killed and affected by this, which you know, which the show explains. So I'm like middle of episode one researching this, right? And you know, that's, that's what I'm saying. I was very ignorant. And I think it's kind of like, A, we're Americans who are fucking assholes that don't mm. care a whole lot about things that happen elsewhere other than shitty horror movie versions of it. And B, the Soviet Union did a great job of minimizing the world understanding the true mm-hmm. Depth of this, possibly. Right. I don't I know think, if I would call I think, that a great job. <laughs> no, I think I mean, the they line, got a goal and they achieved it. I think the line that they use in the show that this is a country that is so focused on making sure they don't embarrass themselves mm-hmm. um, was used so well to explain Russia as a whole and the Soviet Union. Because I think that, like, feeling is still standing today. Russia is a very proud nation and a very private one. Mm-hmm. And it's also kind of our biggest rival so uh, we still have a lot of like ignorance towards Russian culture and history there Um, but the Chernobyl disaster is one that I would agree with other people making comments of that it was the main reason or the final straw that brought down the Soviet Union Hmm. Um, yeah there's little you know I don't know if you call them title cards when they're at the end yeah sure Um, awesome like you rarely do those I wouldn't say rarely it's awesome when those like really inform what you have just seen and it's not mm-hmm. just some corny tacked on thing like Gorbachev went on to have a lot of friends <laughs> right. yeah. to and this day no fucking, one knows what the fuck that is on his head fucking Sam Lott. became a <laughs> became an honorary member of uh, honorary citizen of Italy thanks to his birthmark on his head <laughs> they're like wow you love Italy that much I slapped it on your forehead <laughs> Poor Gorby. Um, that's what I found. So, yeah, so now that's the general background. I mean, did anyone else have any? I mean, Sam had the deep knowledge so of it. And- I actually had the exact same reaction right before Chernobyl came out because I saw all the trailers for it when I was watching right. um, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. And so I was like, oh, well, I mean, I knew of the Chernobyl disaster. Um, 
and I had also seen Chernobyl Diaries. You gave me your digital copy, actually. I still have that in my voodoo library. <laughs> oh, he, he gave him a copy. Oh. I agree with Sam on that one. It's worth a watch. I didn't uh, get the royalties <laughs> from that, man. Come on. No one saw my movie. Horror is the, you, you guys do know, and I know you all agree, horror is the one genre where really bad horror is its own form of entertainment. Oh, for oh, sure. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. And therefore, like, nobody does that, like, dude, I love terrible low-budget rom-coms. Dude. You know what I mean? Like, no, those speak are for yourself. <laughs> uh, but no, horrible horror movies are, like, the greatest movies to play, like, during Halloween parties, because you can kind of, like, come in and watch, like, oh, yeah, that's great. Mm. Christmas anyway. time. <laughs> right. Christmas time, sure. So, yeah. I mean, I can't judge. I've rewatched World War Z like 20 times, and I don't know why. I just love that movie. Brad Pitt. Um, <laughs> Go on. <laughs> uh, where the fuck was I going with that? Oh, yeah. So, right before uh, Chernobyl started airing, I wikipedia it, and I saw the 31 death count or something. I was like, really? Like, that's it. How are they going to make this interesting? <laughs> right. They ain't got shit on 9-11. Come on. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So, so I wikipedia it, too, after I uh, saw the trailers, and I was like, really? It's just 33? Like, I really thought that it was going to be a lot more than that. Right. And so, like, in watching the show, it was also like, you know, and, and like you said, it's not a that the um, Soviet Union did a quote unquote good job doing it but <laughs> it's a little thumbs up but, but they successfully <laughs> but rather like it, it's like the biggest cover up ever because untold thousands tens of thousands and hundreds I think of thousands of people have died I think that's what's the horrifying fact is we really don't know how much damage Chernobyl really did mm-hmm. to that area um, you know, there's people I'm sure still to this day that are, oh, there obviously oh, there is are, people yeah. still to this day affected by the radiation, but that area will forever, at least in our lifetime, be completely uninhabitable. Oh, it's like 10,000 years or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and I think, and I think not just the Soviet Union, because, you know, what was it 92 or whatever? I mean, it's, it's been decades of well, the collapse the, of the Soviet the Union. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, Damn it, tear down that wall. Um, Mr. Gorbachev, <laughs> so, tear down this wall. That's my Reagan. So, <laughs> yeah, I got it. Reagan. Reaganomics. But I mean, the, the disservice of the entire world that we as fairly educated, fairly caring, uh, you know, younger to middling generation, not that all engaged with this, you know, insane disaster and the, the imminent danger of all the other existing nuclear reactors and I mean you know what I mean we're just people playing with fire and like unbeknownst to most of the masses how unstable that is is I guess what I would say it's and a, I know that the reactors in the west are much safer and that's the whole point of the show of course made in the west but still yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was a funny note but still um, I don't know you know you get what I'm trying to say is that like now we have this TV show on HBO that's like oh my god and it, it didn't happen that long ago do you know what I mean really like, right. why the fuck was that new and shocking and terrifying and yet it was and I think that's something kind of meta and terrifying for me about the show it's like we are all gonna die because this is the only reason we care you know mm-hmm. you said it's on HBO and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm with you I'm right there you know? <laughs> well, but stuff like that doesn't super bother me only because like you know it, there's so much you know the world nowadays is so connected so there's like a we're like constantly being bombarded by things right and left so it's hard to focus in on things so things do need a platform or someone with a microphone to make things obvious to us to really drive it home because I'll be honest with you um, 
I'm with, I, you know, my, my, my knowledge level of Chernobyl going into the show is, you know, exactly like all of yours. But the thing that surprised me so much about actually watching the show, the things I really learned that I really took home was obviously what was going on. But the one that stood out to me was I always thought I had a fairly good idea of what radiation does and is oh, to yeah. a person. But the, the idea that, so for instance, I didn't know that radiation, if you got, if you get radiation in you, I had no idea that it's in you forever. It's right. never and leaving. Like you're radioactive. Your yeah. clothes have to be like, discarded. Um, I was listening to, so they have this really great, the Chernobyl <laughs> podcast. It's just the, the creator of the show did a podcast for every episode. Craig Mason. Yeah. And he, he did a really good, he did an explanation of like doctors can only do so many x-rays on a person a year because they absorb that radiation. Mm -hmm. And if you do more and you know, they, they space them out. So you can do like so many x-rays, a year with the intent that your career is probably going to be X amount of years long. If you do more than that, then fucked essentially. Like you uh, develop tumors or right. 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 And I, and to me that was such a big mind blowing thing. So I was just like, Oh, I knew radiation was bad, but I thought it was just something that like, it just went away. Yeah. Like I always, ever since I was a kid, I would, you know, I've been in the hospital a few times and they put that, big lead glove over your dick and balls <laughs> yeah. when you get like an x-ray or check, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. yeah. or, or the shirt when you're getting jaw x-rays. Andy's been an orthodontist a shitload. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, but as a kid, I'm like, get this fucking rock off my dick, bro. Like, this invisible <laughs> shit ain't gonna it. hurt me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can take Tur Crank that thing on full blast. <laughs> I'm gonna put my dick right on it and if show you the strength of my dick. If Bruce Banner can be the Hulk, think what I can do. <laughs> With the power to absorb radiation in his dick. Okay. So. My eyes are up here, Sharon. Chris <laughs> Rudd. Nope. <laughs> taking a full blast from an x-ray machine at the age of nine. With the power to lift cars stronger than... I don't know. <laughs> I lost the thread. Nope. Instead, radiation sits in your body, and if you get too much of it, it slowly, how painfully melts you. I did not expect out. this show to be such an effective horror film. Oh, yeah. Like, even better than Chernobyl Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> but, better. you know, I, I did appreciate the direction it took. It could have made it more graphic and shocking than it already was. You know, there was a man that they... They didn't film on camera of Komiok, uh, the female scientist, for those who oh, yeah. couldn't catch the names. She was, she was interviewing Akimov. She was interviewing, yeah, she was interviewing several uh, scientists mm -hmm. that were in the room. And one of them did have their face melt off. Mm -hmm. And they did not show that on film because it was already a grotesque way to go. But the way they showed enough for you to picture, but didn't film it for you to see. Mm. And I um, thought that was super effective because they showed the other guy. They showed Toptimov, I think was his name, the, the younger. The 25-year-old, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, they showed him and you can see that he's all messed up. Oh, my God, it was very I difficult think, to watch. I think they showed him and then they showed the firefighter right before he died where he was practically just... He looked like he was just, it looked horrifying. In agony. In agony. And then they don't show Akimov. And I think that was in itself a powerful choice. Right, like, it's oh like, my God. If they're right. not showing that dude, what happened to yeah, him? Because I think at a certain point, the. It becomes torture. It's torture because yeah. the morphine in that is not enough. I don't even think you're well, able to be able to. Because the veins collapse. veins collapse. So and you that's can't so even administer it. Yes. Hmm. At that point. I mean, it was a painful way to go. And what's even more tragic is you know, these, these individuals that lost their lives, um, their bodies weren't even given back to their families. They were buried in the way that they showed on the TV show of lead in, caskets, in lead cement. caskets mm -hmm. and cement. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And all grouped together like that. But stylistically, the show, like, it, it set the tone perfectly for how they were going to use, like, sparing detail to make it that much more effective. When when they show the initial explosion, it's an itty-bitty little flash of light through yes. a window. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that was such a powerful way to do it because they establish it within a, a narrative frame of the family and how that right. dynamic's going to be affected. And there's people and, on the bridge just yeah. watching. Like, Well, that, that yes. whole first episode so, is, is in your because you kind of touched on this briefly, Chris, how it's like it's such a great horror because that first episode in particular, like anytime anybody did anything, you were just on the edge of like, oh no, don't yes, go this, into like, that room. Insidious, invisible present. Yeah. Like, no, yeah, don't go playing know. in the ashes of right. radioactive. Right. Like oh, when oh. she's hugging her husband right after she's told not oh, to I touch know. him. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And you're just like, Speak. oh my god, no. don't touch him. What are you doing? Right, and then. <laughs> I don't know. And like the little snowflakes touching the like, and they make sure to point out that you know that it's a four year old that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and none of those people (sighs) from my understanding, uh, lived all the people in the bridge died. died. Mm -hmm. So that, and, and the woman lost her baby. That is true. Um, and she, I believe the baby was also removed from her and buried in a lead casket as well. Because the baby absorbed all the radiation. But she eventually did have a child, though, right? She eventually did have a child, yeah. Um, So it was just a very tragic, it is a very tragic thing that happened to the people in Pripyat and and Chernobyl and Ukraine and Belarus. Because, you know, what I thought was a really great line for Shabrina. Shabrina? Shabrina. Shabrina. Still in Skarsgård character. Mm. He was talking to Professor Ligasov and said... Uh, Germany has made sure none of the kids are outside. They're all locked up, and you're lo- they're looking out the window and watching all the children that are like literally a mile down from the plant, running around playing outside. Yeah, um, and that's that's what was really sad and tragic too. That the Soviet Union did not protect their people quick enough. Not that it would have mattered. It was so quick in that area, but other nations reacted faster than they did and a lot of unknown amount of people suffered for it and are still suffering today yeah but um so we we brought up stellan stars guard we brought up jared harris's Lagasov. amazing what do you guys think of the performances there were there any any actors that stood out were there any performances that stood up I thought those two, well, the three of them together were brilliant. I, and I thought the two of them, they're Jared Stellan and Emily Watson. Yes. Kamiuk, um, her character. I thought the three of them were great. And then, but the two of them and their, the change and development of their relationship was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They had a better relationship than John and Danny and Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stellan Skarsgård, I think is the best in the show. Um, Agreed. he, you know, because he, he has such a bravado, he kind of walk comes into the show with like, ah, I know how to get things done. I'm the I'm the dude, right. and then he he has he's kind of like the audience member who's going through this like realization, like, oh no, this is really awful, and like he's slowly realizing that the faith that he's put into the system for so long is actually it's just wrong, and so he he has that beautiful moment towards the end of the uh, series where he realizes that he has cancer from his work, and he sees the caterpillar, and he's just kind of wondering like, did I make it I didn't make a difference in my life and you know Jared Harris tells him that he did the most but uh did you know that interesting about that scene is apparently that was not scripted there was actually was just a caterpillar that was really crawling by him and he Mm -hmm. like they filmed him and he just picked it up and went with it Hmm. so like that actually wasn't scripted for him to notice this caterpillar and kind of see the beauty in life that's Um, pretty cool 
Yeah, I was shocked at how good the finale was because up until that point, you know, every now and then I feel like I'm on the pulse of things and then sometimes I'm like, do I not get it? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> is, is Sabrina really a, that? Is it a good show? Is because she I, a teenage witch? I don't... <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that Sabrina show. I just so, kind of watch it to watch it. And that was kind of like Chernobyl. I was like, this is such a gorgeously shot show mm-hmm. and it's, 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 it's amazing. It's good. It's good. Yeah. You know, but chill out, guys. It's good. Yeah. And then the finale, I was like, oh my God. Did I just like sit in and wrapped attention to a court procedural on how an RKM reactor works and like literally start bawling my eyes out. So what I, the fuck? I think they did an amazing job of that last episode because in retrospect, you're thinking like, I'm going to sit here and watch an hour and 20 minute up. I don't know how it felt like an hour and 20 minutes. No, it didn't. <laughs> um, but like an hour long law and order episode of them standing in court where he just has four tiles that he's just moving right. around board and in a foreign language in a foreign <laughs> language and it was so fascinating and so simple for anybody to watch and listen and understand exactly how the accident occurred um, but like gripping to watch it too and then but I did like the flashbacks kind of leading up to that moment and also yeah love being a total yeah love right. being a total douche canoe that dude's <laughs> that dude has an in, like i don't want to get too much into the history but you guys should like look up that dude's personal history before huh. before um chernobyl because it's like man he's a prick and like wow how did he get the position he's in i feel like that's a perfect <laughs> opportunity to talk on the show he was in a he was involved in a previous nuclear accident that yeah, killed his son that killed his son holy shit um, so he was like a very irresponsible <laughs> well it it was one of those things where like it indirectly killed his son so they think that the he it was like a nuclear sub yeah. incident they think he brought radiation on his clothes back home his little boy got radiation from that and died because of his, he brought the clothes home well, with him. I've been doing this for 25 years. And apparently there was like a whole sub arc that was originally written where Dyatlov was constantly like being visited by visions of this kid hmm. um, that they eventually cut. Which I think is better. Yeah, yeah. Because, it was better. Um, but, you know, to the, to that, to the death, the, the man, I think, I think he's dead now. I think he passed uh, Dyatlov. Oh yeah, he passed in the 90s. Yeah. But up until even his death, he refused to take responsibility for anything that happened. From my understanding, he kind of passed the buck off. But yeah. um, but he was the one with the experience in the room. And there was someone who was younger than me managing a nuclear reactor. He had only been on the job for four months. Right. And didn't know that they were doing a test that day when he came and into work. And I know horrifying. that Diablo was a prick, but I, I think, obviously, it's the Soviet Union oh, it's the to system. blame. Right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what fascinated Cause, me. Because he was saying all the time, like, I'm going to get a bullet anyway, so why should I admit right, to this? Right, yeah. And it's that's the whole struggle. And like the framing of the show, and I think that's why they want you to focus on, I think, you know, and maybe it's my own outlook, uh, you know, to make it political, but th- that's why it starts with Valeri hanging himself with the tape recording. So it's like that's the true import is, you know, is the the political climate of this and mm-hmm. how this situation was bred uh, in the secrecy of the way that the state is. And mm-hmm. I, like I follow, um, and I don't follow like, Hey, like Heil Jordan or anything like that. But I, <laughs> I track a man called Jordan Peterson. Are you guys familiar with? Yes. Sounds familiar. So he's like a Canadian, he's a Canadian professor. This is the quick okay, version. No, I don't of know this person. <laughs> Jordan, he's a Canadian professor, philosopher, and he was actually 
fired or silenced at a university for being outspoken against something on the far left. Oh, you know, refusing, okay. to use, yeah. refusing to use preferred transgender pronouns. That's, That's right. True. Okay, I remember that. And uh, he was just very vocal about how bullshit that is and how insane that the world has gotten our, our generation with going so far left. So he got a huge platform and now he's, he's really famous for all kinds of stuff. I agree with a lot of what he says. And sometimes he's like a super douche canoe as Sam would say. <laughs> yeah, he talks about and, like uh, forced monogamy and stuff like yeah, it's, it's right. some crazy. weird stuff. But I mean, he talks a lot about how a lot of what millennials today advocate for is disguised or open communism. And then he's like, that's, insane can i not you know and, and that's where i kind of agree with him he's like am i the only one here that you know remembers the 80s like or whatever and that could shit like this that he points out or even prior to that uh you know like the communism has killed more people than fascism like even though hitler and the concentration camps and that whole right we're talking well, about yeah, well stalin killed a lot more people <laughs> exactly you know what i mean it's like so anyway so that is the kind of backdrop with which i'm viewing this and I see like how all of this was allowed to be bred and not only did you know 31 to 500,000 people die from this <laughs> give right? or take but the, the world could have ended as we knew it you know what mm -hmm. I mean like only one of the four reactors exploded yeah and they were actually able to successfully because of these heroic men I curtail this and you know what I mean like it, right. this could have been yeah you know billions I, of deaths I love the line that Jared Harris has I think in the first or second episode where it's like you were dealing with something that has never happened right. on this planet before mm -hmm. and it's just like really horrifying so fucking good he's such a good actor Mm -hmm. I, I love the niche that Jared Harris has found him in. He's either in a role where he plays a super intellectual guy who is fighting, you know, against a system that like is just an idiot. And not, he's like, he's like, no, we have to do this. Or he's Moriarty and Sherlock Holmes. Like, <laughs> those are, those are, I love Jared one Harris. Of those two. He's, he's one of those two characters. Like, I don't know if you guys ever saw uh, The Terror, but he plays almost the exact same character, but on like a Victorian era sea ship. He's really fucking good um, at it, man. <laughs> and I just want to point out that it's, it's awkward for me. Craig Mazin. I mean, this is a very erudite, extremely powerful oh, he show. he does not have a good track record. No. Phenomenal soundtrack, just beautifully shot. I mean, with, with the top-rated show ever on IMDb right now with 9.6 out of 10. The most streamed show ever. Like, really? pure digital, broke the record. Even, wow. Even Game of Thrones? It beat Game of Thrones. More wow. people watched it on H... Not more people saw it, but more people Game streamed it rather than on cable. Oh, gotcha. Game of Probably Thrones still they has were... the most uh, pirated. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Look at his uh, filmography. So the writer of Chernobyl also brought us, all the way back to 1997, Rocket Man. I, that's a good movie. Remember that fucking movie? You bite your tongue. That's a great movie. <laughs> Senseless. Don't even know what that is. Scary Movie 3. The worst one. Scary Movie oh. 4, the worser oh, one. I never saw that one. <laughs> Actually, I think Scary Movie 3 is my favorite. Because really? <laughs> oh, it's PG-13. It's so stupid. I love Superhero it. Superhero Movie. Hangover <laughs> 3. Part 3. Not the good one. <laughs> yeah. Identity Thief. Oof. Never saw that. Hangover Part 3, because he did 2 as well. Oh, did he? 2 is okay. The Huntsman. Ooh, Winner's Ooh. War. 
Not uh-huh. Snow White and the Huntsman, the one I liked, but the sequel. Yeah, the one that no one, the one, that no one saw. He's the shitty sequel guy. And then Chernobyl. Like, what the fuck? Well, Where think, were you keeping that one, Craig? Well, I think it goes to, like, this clearly was a passion project for him because he spent how many years traveling around and interviewing right. people. And he this was like, he was the showrunner for the show. So, like, I guess he had the onus of responsibility on his shoulders a lot more. So he's like, I'm going to fucking make this great. I ain't going to get Charlie Sheen to do shitty penis jokes and scare me. Movie three. Um, I'm gonna have a lot of penises, but it's it's because the miners had to be nude. Yeah, uh, that, was, <laughs> yeah. that was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, that w- that's real. I, th- I think <laughs> I love the miner story. Not maybe the most, but I, that that part was hmm. awesome. The most affecting me. for me was the kid having to go around and kill dogs. That was yeah. really hard to watch. That, that was a really good episode. Mm-hmm. Very that, very powerful. Um, that episode stood out to me because he has that commander that kind of takes him under his wing mm-hmm. um and they and got their little cock blockers and yeah stuff. that they were so proud of yeah. um but i really i th- i thought that was such a standout moment because that character could easily have fallen into this pet like oh you shoot the dog you pussy uh, but they really made him oh, really actually for such a minor character that's his only episode they really made him such a well-rounded character where mm-hmm. he's like no like this is awful that we have to do this but you fucking kill them right you don't let them suffer Mm-hmm. And when the kid's like, hey, I, I, he's like, I remember my first time. It was a person, but I mean, a dog's the same thing. And mm-hmm. I thought like that was such a neat way to kind of write a small character to give him so much more depth like than he, he probably really could have. When he finds the, the litter of puppies. Yeah. And the, kid, and the guy finds him like, get the fuck out. I got yeah. this. Yeah. And like, you got a long life to lead. So going um, off of that particular scene with the puppies, um, there is a really good book called The Voices of Chernobyl, if you like to read. Um, but that read scene. Borks. Yeah, Borks. <laughs> that scene was stolen from the book and they actually edited out a part of that scene because they found it too difficult was one of the puppies actually was still alive when they were pouring cement in that pit. Oh, oh no. Jesus Christ. And the soldiers wanted to go down there and kill the puppy because, they, but they couldn't, they were out of bullets. So they <sighs> buried this poor puppy alive. Oh and then I was like, I know, and Jesus it's terrible. Christ. Cause everyone loves animals, all right? No yeah. one, well, no one. cats, but. Yeah, but cats. <laughs> but, um, but and t- that that was well, just sorry. I keep well, we were we were watching it. Um, obviously, we have two cute, adorable little oh, wiener yes. dogs, and Pippin, who's the social one of the bunch. He's also my little baby boy. He's sitting in my lap, and the guy's like, "Okay, we will start whispering for the, or we'll whistle for them, and then you shoot them." And so the guy <laughs> starts whistling, and Pippin's head's like, "Huh?" He like perks up. He's on <laughs> oh, no. the TV. He's cocking his head to the side. They keep whistling, and he like gets up and he like walks to the edge of the couch. I'm like, no, Pippin, don't. Well, it was even worse. That's a bad like, <laughs> they, when they started shooting the dogs, and the dogs would make you know the the dog whimpering mm-hmm. noises. Pippin started getting really upset. Yeah, he and hid behind crying you. and hiding behind <laughs> us, and it was like he was watching. It was a, his own version of a horror movie, like for dogs. Yeah, um, it's terrible. So, weird segue with Pippin. Did you guys notice how many game of Thrones cameo actor. Yeah, Bruce really? Bolton yeah. was in there. Bruce Bolton was in there. Um, Maester Lewin was mm-hmm. in there. Oh, um, yeah, he was the, the Pip. Pip. Trust no, the party. That was the, yeah, trust the kid that played Pip. Uh, oh, who was Pip? Um, Pip was the, he was the kid that was trying to force the woman that was milking the cow to leave. And oh. she was like, everybody comes and tells me I have to go and I'm not going. Did, and then he shoots the cow. Did you, did you nerds specifically, well, I guess all three of you, since you got a Harry Potter shirt on, Chris, 
Did you guys and see... The kid that, uh, the dude that played Jory was in there, too. Sorry. Did you guys mm-hmm. uh, notice the Harry Potter actor? Uh, I, I found this really funny. The no. guy who played Fomine, he was the one of the, the station director with the oh, glasses. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That's Harry Potter's dad. <laughs> Fomine, which one he was, was the Fomine? one with The glasses who was bald, or he was one of the two guys who, like, who James ran, Potter? ran the plant. Oh, really? Yeah. You're talking about James Potter? Yeah. Wow, <laughs> interesting. No, he did I not age well. Or well, the makeups did really well. They didn't. Right. Yeah, he's under makeup. He doesn't okay. really Jeez, look like that. It's been six years. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck! Lay off Actually, the blow, buddy. And the guy who played uh, the guy who played Akimov, he was one of the the station controllers who had the mustache. Who mm-hmm. they wouldn't show his face. Mm-hmm. He was actually he's an actor called Sam Troughton, and he was the main character in The Ritual, the Netflix movie. That was a the good Ritual. Movie. I did not recognize that guy. Like I, I looked up the IMD. I'm like, who plays Akimov? And I saw that it was him. Like, no fucking oh, way. Like the, you got red on you, kid, from Shaun of the Dead? I thought he was the main in the ritual. It, then it's the same guy. Is it really? Yeah, it's the same guy. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that insane? <laughs> I forgot to mention, in Good Omens, did you guys know Brian Cox is it's the death. voice of death? Yeah. I did not know that. I oh, love Brian reading Cox. Around. That's fucking awesome. I, the Brian Cox is one of those voices where if he talks, I'm like, Brian Cox? <laughs> you know, when we were talking about... Um, like Pippin for the whistle? Yeah. <laughs> Since we're referencing well, Good Omens, when we were talking about Good Omens, you mentioned Big Fish. Uh, the screenwriter of Big Fish does a podcast with the, um, the screenwriter showrunner for Chernobyl. No the, shit. Yeah, screenwriter's job, John August, who has a much better track record than... Like, <laughs> I mean, he's got big fish. They, they have a podcast together called Script Notes. Hmm, no it's shit. Cool. It's all about screenwriting. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, it's really good. Wait, Craig Mazin is one of the co-hosts of that? I think he told mm-hmm. me that before. Yep. How, what, and this podcast has been around for years, right? Yeah, yeah. Really long time. So my tips, you know, like... <laughs> Developed when I was writing Hangover 3. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wish I wrote Hangover 3. It'd be awesome. I, but, you know, I, I know. I Kenzie. Like, the, the writer had a lot of terrible <laughs> movies up until this point. I think he did a really good job on the details for the 80s and the Soviet Union. Um, oh, there's yeah. a lot of, like, hidden small cues that they have in the show. The glasses. Um, the a lot glasses. of egos, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. This is our. Um, the, the cat. <laughs> With the tuna, because uh, dog food and things like that were not a thing in the Soviet Union, so canned meat would have been what they would have fed pets, so the tuna meat. Um, but you know what I really liked was, um, so for a KGB technique is when someone walks into the room, there's an armed guard behind the door that would usually shoot the person as they walk into the room, and you'll notice Professor Legasov, when he walks into the room, he kind of peeks around the door expecting to see a oh, shooter really? there. In which room? Um, uh, at the, the in the trial scene afterwards, after where, he, yeah. So where he's escorted into that room, he, he pauses at the door and kind of peeks behind it. And uh, I love that scene. But there's so many hidden cues, and you know, there's more. Like if you go on Reddit and online, there's a lot of people who grew up in the Soviet Union who comment on things that the writer got correct, and what is the expectation and behavior of the Soviet Union, which I really appreciate. Um, in a show like that because you with doing a foreign film and it's made by American people and that I think it would have really lost the effect and touch that it had if we if the the writer didn't pay the respects of the country that it was being filmed in Mm -hmm. I heard a lot of people um, in the cultural conversation after the show finished saying that they were disappointed that it was 
done in English. They're saying they should have been in Russian. It should have been all in subtitles, and it should. Don't agree. I think it was perfect. I don't agree at all either. And like a lot of them didn't even. It, and it would have been terrible if they tried to do a Russian accent. That's yeah. what I was just saying. According a lot of them to didn't the even writer, try. they had the actors initially try to act with a foreign accent, but you could tell that the actors were focusing on making sure their accent sounded good enough that they were losing the, their face transition and the acting, mm-hmm. yeah. which I think would have made the show be pretty poor. So. Yeah, you would have got like uh, Jennifer Lawrence in the uh, Red Sparrow. Red Sparrow. Oh, yes. <laughs> which wasn't that bad, but I just, I mean, you can still, it's just like, well, it's like Kate Blanchett and in Indiana Jones and in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Dr. Jones. <laughs> like all her, I love Kate Blanchett, but she does a terrible Russian accent. <laughs> She does a good Dr. Fancy Jones. Accent. My belly is full. She would I, I, it drove me nuts in that movie because she would like her she would have this accent and then when she said Jones, it would she would be like, Hello, it's good to see you again, Dr. Jones. And I, I <laughs> <laughs> Every time it's, it's, Hello. But fuck me going off. off of what you're saying, you know, you have some of these actors who have really bad accents. I think it would have been a cringe worthy thing, like you're mimicking yeah, Russian because yeah. at that point I've been like, just hire fucking Russian actors and if, mm-hmm. yeah, if you if you're if you're trying to get actors who can best emote the emotion that your story is putting forward, then I don't think you necessarily need to worry about an accent. Now, if you can find an actor who can do the accent flawlessly, who can act to the level of Jared Harris or Stellan Skarsgård in that role, fuck yeah, why wouldn't you get them? To a point, and I don't know how it was received in Europe, I, re- I assume well, like in, in Eastern Europe, but to me, and this sounds ignorant, but I'm just being honest about our country. In America, the fact that they have European accents for me is enough. You know what I mean? It's like foreign. Uh oh, different. That's different talk. <laughs> well, and another thing is uh, Russia or the Soviet Union at the time is such a huge nation. Sure, I mean this is actually so we always think of it as dialects. Russia, but this is you know what I mean. This yeah, just it, French dude shows up. problem with the well, like it's such a huge nation. So there's going to be a huge melting pot of like different cultures within that nation. So like, I mean, Stellan Skarsgård was wasn't doing an accent right he was just like he had, he had, had like an american normal. accent he was like, just yeah. talking like this well, all the time and the, the writer specifically said he made he did not want any american actors on the show right that would have been exactly like i think there's a point and i think that it's european <laughs> would have worked but you know if you were doing like a japanese film it would be awkward if you had like a southern alabama accent you know what i mean <laughs> Hi, y'all. Y'all ain't no samurai like I is. Hey, Cam- <laughs> hey comrade. <laughs> Boss. <laughs> Boss, the tsunami took out Fukushima's nuclear power plant. Can we got to get down to me there. What an RMBK at reactor is. <laughs> we got to go to Nagasaki and fix this. Right. Post heist. Post heist. Right. Like there's a oh my there's a limit. Oh my lucky stars. <laughs> oh, oh, bless your heart. Oh yes, that's our that's our southern polite way of saying fuck you. Oh, bless oh. your heart. Or you're stupid. You're you're stupid. There ain't no kung fu master like I am. <laughs> I know all the spots. Crane. A Judy chop. Cobra. Monkey. <laughs> I know all the positions. Come at me, kick lay y'all. Yeehaw. Judy Chow. Judy Chow. Oh my god, Judy. <laughs> like you see that video of that guy, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Judy Chop. No. Like this drunken hillbilly guy and like a tiny wife beater and he's like, now don't ninja nobody, don't need ninja. And like <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hysterical. <laughs> 
<laughs> you remember now, don't be out there ninja. Nobody don't need ninja. It's funny. Anyway, uh, I think that's all we got. Mm. Speaking of which. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Um, tune in soon. Uh, we've got our constant uploading archive episodes of the Stranger Things coverage, and we will be coming back hard. Ooh, choice of words. <laughs> I'll be coming back hard. <laughs> Soft. Uh, July 4th. So I think our plan is uh, to binge as much as we can and record as many episodes as we can. Steve's going on vacation. You guys won't know because you're stupid and you just hear shit when we release it. <laughs> Remember that time I went away and got married for a week and no one was the wiser? <laughs> <laughs> and we got away oh, with yeah, it too. you did. <laughs> Sam, yeah, it was you that he got married to. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> so, I think. Uh, email streamingthingspod at gmail.com and look forward to the new iteration of the show. Once season three of Stranger Things ends and that coverage, well, you're going to diverge into our, you know, TV recommendation show. And if anyone continues to listen, we'll continue to do that. Hell yeah. Yeah. And if I'm not, we'll start something else like a. Hillbilly Samurai Fiction Podcast. Oh my God, I want to do that. <laughs> that actually sounds awesome. Right? Never mind. Plan B. I really want the listener to reach out to us. If you guys, I mean, you can reach out to us in all the ways that you can, but I wanted to know if everyone uh, appreciated uh, having a, a fourth per person right. in the hot seat. It's I okay did. if you didn't. No, no. <laughs> Feelings will not be hurt. It's really good to have uh, a female perspective on the show. We've been wanting um, one for forever. Because uh, for obvious reasons. I mean, I brought up cock as much as I could, but mm. I think it gets tiresome. That's all. So we, so we need so, to talk about tits? <laughs> we have so many talk dick jokes here. We need some titty jokes from time to time. <laughs> Except for Andy's Game of Thrones favorite moments. Uh, Remember that? Up. That was awesome. What was that? I'm trying to blank. I, I, I listen to our show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah that, <laughs> oh sorry. It's yes. Andy's number two favorite moment. Titties. <laughs> Which I get I mean, it. What can I say? Sound I get point. it. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. We're so grateful. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And I'm Sam. Yay! That's and a lady. Breathe into <laughs> <laughs> I breathed into the microphone so much despite Steve's actual very on the point warning. Write this down. Yeah. Hey, right. is, okay, let's cut that out. We're um, going in for keeps. But I think nine eleven jokes, just in general. Yeah. Um, oh, I was sticking by those. Damn it. <laughs>